Hi, everybody. Welcome into the Irish NFL show. It's Wildcard Saturday. We're presented by our friends over at Pundit Arena. We've got the usual guys in as well. Special guest to join us on this first Saturday of the playoffs this year. Darren Fletcher from BT Sport, huge NFL fan as well. Darren, welcome into the show, man. Thanks for inviting me. Um, I'm a little bit nervous this weekend because my Bears have got the Saints. Um, but I, I just think it's great that we got through the regular season. We've got 13 more games to get through and then we at least we can all sit back and say, well, somehow they did it. It wasn't what we usually see, but we, we got it in a fashion. But I'm really excited about this weekend because we've got this unique wildcard weekend. So great to join you. Can't wait to chat about it. And it's great to be here. Obviously, Darren, you're a well-known voice now to people in the UK and Ireland for your coverage in BT Sports, Champions League, Premier League, etc. I, I actually didn't realise you were so involved in the NFL until I seen you and Neil Reynolds at the Texans-Jags uh, tailgate last year, which is great fun. But for anybody watching this that genuinely you're just, just, are just wondering, you know, how do you become a Bears fan or just a general NFL fan yourself, Darren? Yeah, well, it was the 85 Bears that got me into the NFL because... Back then, as, as Vernon K myself always talk about on our podcast, you know, it, it was kind of, it was the wonder years on Channel 4. And then it was either Harry Seacom on the BBC or it was Nicky Horn and the American football at about 6.30 on a, on a Sunday. So when I first started watching it, it was the year when the Bears were that wonderful team, you know, Walter Payton, Jim McMahon, the fridge, didn't just take America by storm, but they pretty much took the UK by storm as well. And I was kind of caught up in that whole um, tornado of, of popularity of, of the NFL back then. Became a Bears fan for obvious reasons. Stuck with them through thick and thin. More thin than thick, I'll, I'll, I'll admit. Um, but it was kind of way back then. And, and I, I fell in love with it then. I played a little bit when I was a, when I was a teenager. I played for, for my local team in Nottingham. Um, and it's, it's just something I've been obsessed with ever since you know and if it, I, I watch as much of it as I can if I can't watch games I watch documentaries I read about it I'm an obsessive I suppose um and I'm very fortunate now that I get to be a little bit of a part of it I've, I've commentated on Super Bowls uh, worked for the NFL when the the international series games are here so from my perspective I feel really fortunate but it's a sport really close to my heart and, and something that I, I love to be involved in and love to watch you obviously as well for anybody watching this that wasn't aware uh darren hosted as you mentioned a podcast with vernon k obviously a big celebrity at the minute after his time in the castle a few weeks ago darren uh the fumble which you can get on all good po po podcast providers do you do that like once a week darren like before or after the weekend's action or yeah we, we we do it once a week but we we try and be a little bit different we're not x's and o's people you know i don't understand the reason why an offense does what it does or a defense does what it does and I don't think really that many people do. So we just try and talk about it from a fan's perspective. We're both quite fortunate that we get to be involved in the NFL in various ways. So we've got a million stories about things that go wrong. So we, we, we tend to just share our own experiences, talk about it from the heart, talk about it as though we're, you know, we are fans. That's what we are. Um, and we try and do it a little bit differently. So we enjoy it. Um, we hope everybody else does. We recorded one today. Um, had a bit of a rant and a rave about the Eagles and what they did on, in week 17. So I wasn't particularly happy about that. Um, so, yeah, so we do ours. It's called The Fumble. If you've not listened to it, give it a listen. Um, we, we enjoy doing it. And it's, but it's, it's, it's nice to be on your... I didn't realise there were going to be so many people 
I actually feel like I'm on an ID parade here. So I, so, so, <laughs> I thought it was just, it's just you and I, Michael, but it turns out there's everybody here. It's, it's good crack. And I'll tell you what, you've definitely hit the right buttons here with Brian. He, he's, he's a big, he's a big Giants fan and he's delighted what you said about the Eagles there. He's been, he hasn't, he hasn't stopped talking about it all week. Seriously. He's <laughs> talking more like ranting, ranting. Oh, How on earth can you get all the way through the season like that? And then with pretty much a quarter to go, you then decide that you don't now need to win and that you've got to give a quarterback who's never really going to see the field in the NFL. Let's be honest. This is not the guy they think might be the future next year. This is a backup who probably won't even be on the roster. And they've got to give him reps in the fourth quarter of a game that can shape the NFC playoff picture. I don't buy it. Jalen Hurts needs the reps as much as Nate Sudfeld needs the reps. And I, I, I can't for the life of me work it out. And I think Doug Peterson eventually will pay the price because I think this is the way you lose the locker room. So I don't think it's, 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 a, it's a good thing for the Eagles to do on any level. I feel for Giants fans um, because it was a, an awful way to be eliminated. And I think the NFL need to look at it because it, a league that's all about competitive balance and all about parity and all about making the bad teams better and the better teams worse. How on earth can you essentially throw a game like that with, with a few minutes to go? It's, it's a disgrace. Yeah, but Aaron, the problem is if the league look at it, then the league have to have a rule that means the Steelers can't sit Ben Roethlisberger in Week 17 and the Chiefs can't sit Patrick Mahomes in Week 17, which as a fan is great because we'd love to see them play, but it's it's going to be enforcing the unenforceable, I feel. I'm with you. I don't like it. We quoted uh, John Madden's words to Tom Coughlin after the 2007 Giants did play to win in Week 17 when they didn't have to against the previously undefeated Patriots but um, you know it's unfortunately going to be one of those things tanking in the NBA still goes on as well um, and I don't think you, I, I, dis, I, I don't think you can tank you see I, I completely disagree with any theory of tanking because I don't think you can say to 53 guys in a locker room the majority of which won't have a job the following year if you tank I think an owner might want to tank and I think a head coach to a certain extent may be agreeable to a tank but I think if you're a player you have to play to win for your own job security. I don't think this was necessarily tanking. I just couldn't understand it. And I think that, I don't think the NFL will take any action. I don't think they can. I agree with you. I was just If you're an Eagles player, I think it's really difficult now to follow that coach because you're not convinced that that coach wants to win at all costs. And I think when he does eventually leave Philadelphia, I think it will be a stain on his reputation when a, a future owner looks at him and knows that he's capable of doing something like that at that time. I also don't feel when they sit down in the cold light of day and the general manager and the owner analyse the season, I don't think it'll make a great deal of sense to them either what he did, because they still don't know about Jalen Hurts, really. He has limited NFL reps. He needed to try and take his team down the field in a primetime game, in a game that matters, and prove to everybody in his locker room that he can win. So I think they missed an opportunity there as well. So I'm struggling on a lot of levels here to see what was in his mind when he made that decision. Darren, before the game, there was 16 Eagles players ruled out on IR. And having listened to a few Giants podcasts during the week, you know, you accept that. And if they hadn't started with Southfield before the game, you wouldn't have liked the situation, but you would have accepted it. But the fact, as you said, that he played three quarters and you can only tell by the players' reaction during the week that some of the Eagles players had to be held back from challenging him on the sideline as to why he did that. And the quarterback situation, to your point, there was another scenario going around that some people within the organisation want Wentz to still be there next season as the quarterback. And if Hurts was to drive down 
and win that game, it makes the decision doubly difficult in terms of what they're going to do next season because he's proven, albeit he's only been in for a handful of games, he can win games in a, in a situation that matters. And then the decision becomes even more difficult for the owners. I tell you what, isn't, isn't, it, isn't it a prime example that you can become so dysfunctional in the space of about 15 minutes? I mean, people talk about franchises falling into disrepair and it taking a long time to, to do. Yes, it can happen like that. But you can blow this entire thing up in the space of a, a few minutes, which it seems to me that's what he's done. They've gone from winning the Super Bowl with a, an absolutely stacked roster that it was hard to see how they wouldn't at least get back there with the, the players that they got. And now all of a sudden, here they are. They've got these kind of decisions going on. They're not a very good team. And I, I, I can't fathom it. I've got to be honest, I can't fathom it. I, I will say as well, though, Darren, that the Philadelphia and New York do have one thing very important in common. Neither of them are in the playoffs. And there are only 14 teams that still are. Yeah, yeah. Very good point. Anyway... Right. Well, one thing um, I, I think, though, you're saying, Darren, about, um, you know, QBs that probably shouldn't shouldn't see the field or, or might not see the field or whether they're even a backup. As a Broncos fan, I can tell you over the last five years, we know plenty about QBs who probably shouldn't have seen the, the NFL field. So it has been an interesting <laughs> oh, yeah. five years for some of the guys we've had. On yeah. The QB yeah. As a Bears fan, I can concur with that column as well. Um <laughs> Three games today, lads, and we'll try very quickly and get Darren's thoughts on the Bears maybe after as a treat. We'll see the crack. And I would love Darren to talk about the FA Cup all day, but we can't. Massive game, massive day in the NFL. There is FA Cup football on during that, which we'll not talk about. But the first game is an absolute beezer. We've got the Colts going to Buffalo. The Buffalo Bills who haven't been hyped since the 80s and 90s like this. Unbelievable. Josh Allen sitting on uh, 37 passing touchdowns over nearly 5,000 uh, total yards for the season. I'm going to start with you, Darren, this, this week. So you're our special guest. Just your thoughts on this game. Maybe your thoughts on Josh Allen as well. Who is going to win this game and why, Darren? Well, I won't see this because while this is on, you talk about the FA Cup. I'll be commentating on Manchester United against Watford while this is actually taking place. So I should be back in the car for the next one. So this is the one out of the six this weekend that I, that I won't get to see. I, I think this will be a closer game than, than maybe it looks on paper. And I, and I say that because there are a few factors here that I think have to be taken into account. Josh Allen's had a wonderful season. But as we've seen many, many times before, the pressure goes up another level when you get to the playoffs. And he's in a city that is desperate to win a playoff game. This is something that Josh Allen's never experienced before to this level. So he's got to show that he can cope with that. If he is slightly off, he's up against the defence that has shown during the course of 16 regular season games they can take the ball away. I think the biggest thing in the Bills' favour, though, is the fact that Philip Rivers, historically, doesn't play too well in the cold. It's going to be freezing. I think it gives the Bills a big advantage. They're a little bit better, the Colts, because T.Y. Hilton's healthy and Jonathan Taylor now looks to be a, a really key piece of the offence. But I, I think the Bills are going to win it. I, I don't quite buy the hype that they're real challenges to the Chiefs. I don't quite think they're there yet. And I certainly don't think that they're, they're quite there with Baltimore. We'll maybe talk about that a little bit later on. But I like the Bills to win it, but I don't think they'll run away with it. And I think had this not been in a, a place that's going to be as cold as Buffalo will be, then Rivers might have a, a bit more of a chance to, to make it even closer. But, but Buffalo, for me, uh, for the reasons I've just explained. Colin, are you on the Bills wagon now? The Broncos are right, yeah? 
Um, I'm, I'm certainly on the, the Bills wagon for this because um, Philip Rivers has had a very good season, but he hasn't had a, a good last couple of weeks. So he's not coming into this hot. And the Bills defense have found their way over the course of the season. They've gotten better as time has gone on. The Colts are very good against the run. Their problem is the Bills only use the run to set up play action. Um, and the, the Colts are prone to giving up um, big, uh, big plays. And when you have Stefan Diggs and you have Josh Allen in the type of form that they're in, um, I can see that being a, uh, an issue for, for the Colts. Um, for if you're if you're a Coles fan and you're looking for I suppose some hope um, as um, Darren has, has highlighted they are good at takeaways so Alan will need to, to be accurate but for me I just think um, that the Bills have too much they're they're really good on third down conversions which going into the playoffs is going to make a difference they will have to contain Jonathan Taylor who absolutely went off last week but I think between between Diggs and Cole Beasley um, they're going to give the Coles too many problems and uh, the Bills to win for me yeah Darren touched on in terms of the pressure for the Bills to win this playoff game it's their first home playoff game in 25 years such a long time and in fact the quarterback in around that time was actually the Colts head coach Frank Royick so there's a, a story underneath the radar there that people haven't discussed the fact that he's gone back to Buffalo I actually don't think this is a game the Bills would have wanted the Colts offensively are averaging 28 to 29 points a game on their travels and whilst River hasn't played well he stood up reasonably well in away games which is quite surprising bearing in mind his age and you know, we, we, we question whether he was good enough this season to lead the Colts to the playoffs. You've got 32 points on average for every game. Bills have played at home. I see a high-scoring game. I can see it being really tight. I think it'll come down to the fourth quarter, but I do think the Bills will pull away slightly towards the end and win. But I do see a high-scoring game on both sides. Yeah, this is a funny game. First of all, we talk about the quarterbacks. Both of them have really a lot to prove for their legacies. You know, Philip Rivers has never really got it done in the playoffs. He's lost with great teams with LT, um, the Chargers LT, not your Giants LT, Brian. Um, obviously, they're with him. Um, and he's always been the nearly man. I mean, you think about that 2004 QB uh, draft class. You know, Roethlisberger's got two rings. Eli Manning's got two rings. Philip Rivers, never even seen a Super Bowl. And Josh Allen hasn't had an amazing season. He's bounced back superbly. But the memories of that wildcard uh, team last year, uh, that wildcard side and that um, horrendous display last season, um, still run strong. So the Bills need to show up. They need to show they've got the playoff performances in them. They need to prove that the regular season has not been the fluke. I mean, let's be honest. Everyone, and Darren, you alluded to it, everyone is picking the bills on this and everyone's saying the Chiefs and the Packers are going to run the table. If it was all so easy, we wouldn't even play the games. You know, we wouldn't have had the Redskins. You mentioned your Bears. They beat the Bears as defending champions in 86 when they were 14-2. and two. The Redskins knocked them out. The Pats in 2010, 14-2, lost to the Jags. The Jags beat the Broncos back in 96 when Elway thought he was going to make it happen. And the Packers, whether it's Vic at Lambeau, the Giants in 2011... There are always these great sides that look like a juggernaut during the regular season and that fall at this first hurdle. The Bills, in their last few games, have definitely been a juggernaut. If we ignore the Hale-Murray game, 
excuse me, if we ignore the Hale Murray game, I nearly got sick when I said that, sorry. <laughs> if we ignore that, you have to go back to the 1st of November when they played the Pats to find the last time that they didn't beat a team by at least 10 points. So they are the class act. They are on fire. They are driving forces. I would personally don't rank them above the Ravens in terms of their chances. I'd love to say they're going to lose, but it's difficult for me to see. Um, Beasley's just coming back from injury. Obviously, he hasn't been there. That adds a new dynamic to them. And the Colts have one key injury to watch out for. Rock Singh. Um, they're still hoping to play. And the Colts this year, what great names. We've got Rodrigo Blankenship Rodrigo kicking. Blankenship. And we've got Rock Yassing in the cornerback. I mean, this is awesome. Um, I do give the caveat about all the upsets that have gone before, but it is very, very hard to see past the Bills from my perspective. I've gone. I, well, I'm going to be very quick on mine. Everybody here, apart from Darren, knows I'm not even a Bills fan. I think this is a year. 100%. This weekend actually marks a month of an anniversary, they have only scored, well, they scored at least 25 points in each game. They've been a juggernaut the last two or three games, albeit against mediocre opposition, including the Broncos. Colin, um, what, 56 points against Miami last week. Josh Allen, Coles Beasley, Stefan Diggs. I think, honestly, this is going to be the standout game. I think they're going to give it to Indianapolis. I really hope, the only thing I'll say is this, if Indianapolis do lose, I hope Philip Rivers comes back. I think he deserves another year. But as Peter King said, boys, he thinks the Bills are going to get to the Super Bowl, as he said in the show the other night. So who knows what's going to happen. But time will tell. I'm picking the Bills. Um, second game is uh, Ram Seahawks. A beezer of a game. Darn, I hope you're back in the car for that. Hopefully, I don't know if there's extra time or, or penalties in the FA Cup. But who knows what's going to happen there. But that that's a huge game. Obviously, we're not sure as of time of recording, Darn, who the quarterback is for the Rams. What's your thoughts on this game and who do you think will win? This could be 10-7 either way because they both forgot how to score points. If Jared Goff plays, I mean, I, I can't see how you can throw the ball effectively in the NFL with a broken thumb that's just been mended. So I don't put a great deal of stock in the, in the Jared Goff situation. The Rams' defence has been impressive this year. I can't work out why Leonard Floyd didn't play the way he's played for the Rams when he was in Chicago because otherwise they wouldn't have blown the bank on Robert Quinn. That's a side issue. Um, I like Russell Wilson in this situation. I think sometimes when you see a game that's close like this one is, you look at the key position on the field and know what I'm going to get from Russell Wilson. When the light shines bright, he plays his best football. I think that's what he's going to do this weekend. They're playing at home. Um, and I, ju I just like Seattle. I, I can see them being slowed down because I think the Seattle offense has forgotten how to put points on the board recently, which ordinarily you would say would count against them. But I think when you're talking about Jared Goff with a mended thumb or the other fella who I've forgotten what his name is already, going into the playoffs against Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, DK Metcalf in Seattle. It's a Seattle win relatively comfortably and the Rams go home after one game. Yeah, for me, it's a, it's a game of two defences. I mean, the Rams defence has consistently been the number one defence all year. And the first half of the season, the Seahawks defense was terrible, but they've turned around in the, in the second half of the season. They've got six games where they've only conceded 20 points or less. And to your point, Wilson hasn't had to really take the team on his shoulders like he did the first half of the season when the defense was imploding. But the two games they played this season, 23-16 Rams and then 29 Hawks, two defenses have been on top in both games. But to the point that Darren's made, it's the quarterback situation. I don't 
Yeah, got injured, and uh, Walford is the guy's name. Um, we good were talking about him coming from. Yeah, I think he's in EastEnders. That's what Mark was referring yeah, to. <laughs> At least you remember him, Brian. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but uh, the, the 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 offense in Seattle slowed down, and Metcalf hasn't had a no a deep ball catch since week twelve, so they need to get that going again. But yeah, to the point, I still think Seattle will have enough. They'll win the game. But I can see it being a low scoring game. Uh, I'm going to break the streak on, on the Seahawks because I think that their offensive troubles are going to haunt them. Um, Brandon um, Staley has done an incredible job with the Rams and they haven't had to worry about Metcalf, even though they lost the, the last time. He hasn't, uh, he's less than 100 yards combined in the two games against them this season. Um, I think if Goff isn't playing, I, I said it in the last game of the season, I think that's a good thing. I think Goff um, has, a, like Whitford going out injured has been a disaster. Goff is a guy who needs loads and loads of time and reassurance. Um, I think having a, a kind of an almost um, wild card in there in Wolford would be of benefit. McVeigh also, um, even though they lost, he lost the last game, he has um, the the hex over Pete Carroll ordinarily, and I think this is probably the the surprise of the the weekend for me. In that the the Rams, I think, will have enough because their pass rush is so good, and the Seahawks have just not been able to stop people getting to to Russell Wilson. They got to him six times in Week Ten. They got to him five times in Week Fifteen. Um, when you get to the playoffs, um, being a Broncos fan, we know how important sacks are. Sacks change games, and I think that for me is going to be the difference in this game. Uh, the Rams to to win, they mightn't go much further than this but I think they win uh, against the Seahawks. So, boys, I mean, two really interesting coaches really here as well. Both have made playoffs, um, both made Super Bowls, and obviously Carroll famously won, and Colin loves Pete Carroll so much, it's unreal. But um, it, it's funny, actually, I had negative COVID tests today, so in fact, my chances of participating in Wild Card Sunday have increased exponentially because I'm definitely in the running to be coaching the Browns on Sunday night, the way things are going with that. Um, look, this particular game, if you like defense, welcome to the playoffs because both teams are for real on defense. The Rams, absolutely. Fewest receiving yards, fewest touchdowns, lowest yards per reception. Do not try to move the ball in the air because also if you try and move the ball in the air, Aaron Donald and his 13 and a half sacks will become rushing through that line and I don't know, turn you into a frog or a mouse or destroy you into the ground, some nasty thing anyway. And the Seahawks defense, they were abysmal at the start of the season. Abysmal. 30 points in the first four four times in the first eight games. They were on records to, they're on every bad record, sorry. You know, most points conceded in the NFL in history and everything. But they've pulled it back. They found the pass rush. I think the 49ers game was the most they've conceded um, uh, in their last six games. So great to see um, that they're finding what works for them again. Um, I'm very much in favour of what um, Darren was saying. Um, it, Russell Wilson can be the decision maker in this regard. You know, just escape that Rams defence once. Just get a lead in the first half. God knows you don't want the Rams making second half adjustments because they have shot teams down and shut teams down um, in 17 or 16 games, 17 weeks of the regular season so far. Um, 
I disagree with you, Colin. Though I want, go- I would want Goff back there. Obviously, I don't think he is going to play. Like he did have actual thumb surgery at the end of December. It's not like you know a few stitches and a bit of tape like Brady had against the Jags a few years ago. Um, this is pretty serious stuff. So um, I think Walford won't have enough. I think the Seahawks defense will be there or thereabouts. And the Rams, even though they've won six of the last seven games against the Seahawks, will just not have enough, even with their awesome defense. And the Hawks will win it. Could be a day. It could be a very, very bad day for Walford. Call it QD Sanders music. Um, look, Jalen Ramsey has held DK Metcalf to was it eleven yards, one one receiving this year so far. Aaron Donald could have a day. But the reality is, and I agree with Darren, as much as I think that the Rams' defense will come up strong, takes only a couple of opportunities for, for, for Russell Wilson. He can run, he can pass, he can do whatever he wants. And I think it'll be a low-scoring game. As of the time of this recording, it's not Saturday morning, folks. We're not going to be that harsh and make Darren sit here on Saturday morning when he's got work. But seriously, though, as of this time of recording, he is practicing, albeit very slightly, so who, who knows what will happen. I think it's madness to play golf even if it is a playoff game. That, that's quite, that, that could get worse if it does happen in that sense. Um, I think the Seahawks have been better touchdown. And that leads us to our final game. We all, we're almost there, Darren. I uh, don't know how much you love Tom Brady now. Obviously, as a Bears fan, I, I personally hate him. I, I love your reaction. Fantastic. The Bucks, Darren, obviously, I think uh, like, Adam Schefter tweeted this out. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, boys. The first time Tom Brady goes to a, goes to an upper stadium in his career for Wild Card Weekend um, ever, uh, the Bucks at Washington. It's the early game on Sunday morning. It's I mean we're all in lockdown, so it's nice all the same. I'm, I, I'm, are you working on Sunday, Darren, as well? Are, are, are you, no, you going to no, get a chance to watch tonight. this? Just start tonight. Just start tonight. <laughs> What's your um, thoughts, man, ahead of this? I think this is a this is a, this is easy. It's a, it's a it's a Buccaneers blowout. There's no way the Washington football team can even think about living with Brady for a quarter, let alone four. It's the Buccaneers by a landslide. Washington aren't good enough to be in the playoffs, in my opinion. They've got in there because the division is so poor. Brady wins it at a canter. Too many weapons, score too many points, too many issues on the, the Washington side of things with players who will play but aren't quite there. McLaurin, the quarterback, Smith, uh, Gibson. I mean, they're not, they're not right. Yeah, Chase Young can be disruptive. That's fine, but it takes more than one player to beat Tom Brady. Um, I think they could win this by as many as, as three touchdowns. I think it's an absolute blowout for, for Tampa, who march on, and we kind of put Washington's playoff run down to experience. Yeah, well, I don't see it as a blowout, but I do think it'll be a comfortable win for the Bucs. I think defensively, Washington are stacked. They've got more players than Chase Young. There's a few other players there that can do damage. Uh, Montez, Sweat, Kerrigan... I think they'll slow the Bucs down for a period of time, but eventually the Bucs will adjust. It's a big game for the Bucs. They haven't been in the playoffs for 15 years. And to your point, Michael, yeah, it's the first time Tom Brady's, of his 18 appearances in the playoffs, this is his first time as a wild card. But, yeah, the, the Washington team are there because of the, because of the division they're in. And um, the Bucs are averaging 30 points a game. I see them putting up something close to that. Washington won't be able to deliver them come the second half. So books for me as well, yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a game where I I, I wish I, I I've looked, I've tried to find ways that Washington could make this interesting, but um, their best offense has been on the ground. The Bucks are nigh on impossible to run on. Um, Dalvin Cook, um, who um 
whilst he mightn't, uh, you know, the, certainly, obviously, Derek Henry is the, the Russian king, but Dalvin Cook is probably a smoother rusher. Um, he was the one, the one guy who had success against him. Gibson is, is not Dalvin Cook. Um, I just don't see where Washington can get points. I mean, the Bucs, they bring pressure every which way. Um, by the sounds of things, Washington may have to um, put Smith in at, on occasion, potentially bring him out on others. It's It sounds like a nightmare going into a game against the Bucs. I've said it time and again, the Bucs beat up on bad teams um, and they are going to beat up on this um on this Washington team. And one thing that keeps being said that I have no idea why that Tom Brady is going to struggle in the weather in Washington. Tom Brady played in Foxborough, uh, in up in, up in New England, nor'easters dealing with all that. Oh, that that's been the, the, the I think people are trying to talk up Washington. Ooh. I it's been the talk on, on Twitter this week. I've no wow. idea where it's come wow. from. Wow. It's r- ridiculous. Whoever it's, said that on Twitter needs the same band that Donald Trump had yesterday. That is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, did that originate from Chase Young? I think he's there putting out some Was words, it so. Young? Oh. Yeah. I don't know what happens when players there having goes with Tom Brady. Wow. He shows them on the field. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's, there's a massive target on Chase Young's back. I think if he's coming out with expressions <laughs> like that about Brady... Look, guys, you know I'm a Patriots fan. I love Tom Brady. I would have his children if he'd let me. Um, he is the GOAT. He is the God. Um, but I'm not quite as convinced this is the quite the David versus Goliath matchup. You're all making it out to be. Um, I'm going to give you a bit of history. The Redskins are as good as David, that's why. Well, <laughs> but, but I mean, here's the thing. They're outside the strike season, there have only ever been two teams below 500 who have made the playoffs. And actually, all four coaches who are involved in this are involved this wildcard weekend. One was the Sa- uh, the sorry, the Seahawks in 2010, coached by Pete Carroll, went up against the Saints, you all know, are still coached by um, uh, Peyton at the time, Sean Payton, and beast mode occurred. And the Seahawks walked out of there. Uh, sorry, the Saints walked out. Sorry, Seahawks walked out of their own stadium having won because they're at home. You have the benefit of the 12th man and everything. The other one was in 2015, Panthers out of nowhere, three eight and one, four game winning streak, gone into the playoffs with a seven eight and one record. Ron Rivera beat in the opening game of the playoffs the Cardinals, who were coached by Bruce Arians. Tonight's game, Bucks versus Washington, is Ron Rivera versus Bruce Arians yet again. You can't pitch your argument based on it happening once in the history of the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll say a different way. Any time a team outside of a strike season has gone into the playoffs with a less than 500 record, they've always won their first playoff game. Pick the skin. I dare you. Pick Washington. I dare you. <laughs> well, you know, if you want any other reason, I just want I just want Washington football team fans to feel loved. I mean, the, Big the, Washington the team, Mark, I dare you. The team <laughs> has not conceded more than twenty points in the last seven games in any game. They've got nineteen sacks, thirteen turnovers. If you're a Texans fan, that that's what a season and a half of production looks They're like. They're waiting, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing, Devin White won't be playing. So that's a massive hole in the middle of the Bucks defense. But it is Tom Brady. He has got Gronk. They've got 12 touchdowns. They're tied with Montana and Rice for the most in postseason history. They'll break that record. I don't think it's going to be a walking, but they'll win comfortably enough. 
and Tampa in Tampa for the first ever time the team playing at their home stadium will still be alive at least for another week. Tampa to win. At least for another week. I, thank you very much for that insight. <laughs> um, it, would be great. it would be great if Washington won though, Mark, wouldn't it? Oh, geez, it'd be unbelievable. Like, look, i tell you what, the best <laughs> St. Patrick's Day ever, lads. And Darren, uh, Brady left the Pats on St. Patrick's Day. So if you're not a Brady fan, it was incredible. We were off work. Well, we were all off work for, for lockdown anyway. It actually started that week. But we were all buzzing. It was fantastic. And then, boom, all the talk started. He gets Gronk in. He's got Mike Evans. But the Ron... Look, I'm not going to pick Washington. But the, the, Ron, the, the Ron Rivera, the Alex Smith stories, it just... There's always that moment in the NFL once a year where a story like that comes out and, and an achievement happens. This is not going to be that story. I, I agree with Darren. I think it'll be bad by, well, it starts at 115, bad by 215, if we're lucky. <laughs> if we're sitting mid-second quarter and there's a touchdown, I'll stay up because we're live tomorrow morning. Sunday you know, morning. Right, I'll be honest with you. I don't think Washington will put up as good an argument as Mark did on their behalf. When they <laughs> <laughs> They're going to front, they, they put them in the dressing room, they will. <laughs> we, um, Darren, as promised, mate, uh, I'm going to give you the last word here, right? Now, the Bears have got, I know this is, for, this, is, well, this is for the Sunday show, but here, look, it's grand. It's an extra segment. The Bears have got a very easy game, obviously, going up to, to New Orleans. Drew Brees, probably in his last season. Peyton Manning vibes, probably going to go to the Super Bowl. I, I really hope he does. I really do. But um, I'm only joking. The Bears all the way. Uh, do you think the Bears will win this game? Obviously, he's a Bears fan. It's been a while, man. It's been a minute in the playoffs and stuff. You must be very excited going into this game. Yeah, I am and I'm not because I, I kind of looked at it and I'd I, I convinced myself in my mind when the skid started that they wouldn't win another game. And then at that stage, we get a decent draft pick and we might get a quarterback and we get a new general manager and a new coach and they might start to make good decisions. And I think the run they've got on at the end of the season saved Matt Nagy, probably saved Ryan Pace might mean that Trubisky comes back for another year. And so they're going to be seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven next year. We know that that's what this team is with those individuals. Um, big worry for me is if, if they went in there on, on Sunday with the defence that started the season, I think they'd have a chance. Chuck Pagano, I think, has to be relieved of his duties at the end of the season because he has a potentially game-changing defence. Certainly players on the unit that can change games. They don't sack the quarterback, they don't blitz very often, they don't take the ball away, and that's what the defence is built for. So I don't think necessarily all the players have gone bad overnight, but I certainly feel the way the defence is being asked to play is not to the strength of the unit. I'm not that confident on New Orleans going too deep into the playoffs. I, I don't see them being strong enough to get past either Green Bay or Tampa Bay in the playoffs. I know that Tampa Bay have lost to, to the Saints in the regular season, but I think Brady will be a different animal when the playoffs start. And of course, Antonio Brown is a, a growing influence on that on that on that team as well. So I'd like that matchup in in Tampa's favour. I can actually see a way where Chicago do win. I think they've got to run the ball. I think Nagy's got to forget that he he thinks he's a genius and he's got to put the ball in David Montgomery's hands and he's got to throw it short and he's going to roll Trubisky out and they've got to try and be a little bit clever but I think they've got to build the offence around the run and they've got to take the ball away. Breeze is not going to throw it very far. We know that. They've got to bottle up Alvin Kamara. I can see how they can do it. They're a better team than when they, they met in the regular season. Then again, the Saints possibly are as well. So I think we're one and done. I would have liked us to have finished about 4-12 and 12 and bombed everybody out but we've got this blessed playoff match instead this weekend against the Saints. Another season of mediocrity next year, but I'll still keep the faith and one day 
we'll get back there one day, one day. Darren, can I just ask a very quick question? Because I saw your picks earlier on, and you have the Ravens beating the the I Chiefs. Have. Yes. What can can you give a give us a quick insight yeah. into why you think that that is? Well, um, no, I can't. But that's what I've gone for. No, in all, in all honesty, <laughs> I made my picks in the start of the year, and I picked the Ravens to beat the Buccaneers back then. So there's a, a part of me that thinks I've got to stick with it. What I do think from a Baltimore Ravens perspective, and I'm not going to try and pour cold water on the Chiefs because that would be wrong. And I don't think the Chiefs are going to lose because they necessarily do a great deal wrong. But when I look at them, I look at the Ravens now, and I think about the Ravens going into the playoffs last year when they played against the Titans and lost. They had no Mark Andrews then, and they lost Mark Ingram during the game as well. So that was a big factor in, in the game going the way that it did. I'm a big one in terms of momentum going into a, a tournament. And we've seen it in the past. We've seen teams not fancy win the Super Bowl. You think about the two runs the Giants had. Nobody was really picking them when they went in and they built the momentum. The Ray Lewis Ravens did the same thing in, in his last year in the NFL. Um, and I look at this and I think they're probably playing their best football now, certainly on offense. I think Lamar Jackson now looks as good as he has all season. I think he's throwing the ball significantly better, which I think they have to do. And I think they've got the kind of game plan, and I would say this with Tennessee as well, that if they can get whoever gets through this, this, this game, and I would edge with the Ravens, obviously, to do that, but they've got the method to beat the Chiefs because they can control the clock and they can run the ball and they can keep Mahomes off the field. And I just like the momentum that the Ravens are taking into the playoffs. And I think if they can get through this one, this is the big one for them. If they can get past Tennessee and everything that Derrick Henry is going to throw at them and, and deal with A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and, and Ryan Tannehill, etc. I think that's big for them. I also think they've got a, a defence that's capable of making big plays, get potentially game-changing plays. You know, they can sack the quarterback. You spoke earlier what sacks can do in the playoffs. They can do that. They can take the ball away. So I think they've got the kind of team that can go with the Chiefs and give them a game. So that's... I also... I, I mean, a lot of you guys have talked about history and, and I'm quite big on that. It's very hard to repeat as Super Bowl champions as well. And I look at that and I think, are they an all-time great NFL team? They've got an all-time great tight end and they've got an all-time great quarterback and they've got a great coach, but are they an all-time great team? And to win two Super Bowls, to win it back-to-back -back is very difficult. So I look at the, the history element of that and feel that there will be a bump in the road at some stage for Kansas City. And I think the team that's best equipped in the AFC to capitalise on that, if it happens, are the Baltimore Ravens. So that that would be, that's why I picked them. Darren, it's funny you should say that because we saw a message today. Today is the anniversary when Andy Reid took over the road in Kansas City. And it was seven years ago. And a particular group said, just where it all began. But yet they've only won one Super Bowl in that time. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's just that thing that, I've seen so many great teams in the NFL, teams that I would consider to be on a par with or maybe better than this Kansas City team who haven't been able to repeat as, as Super Bowl champions. So it's hard to do. It's hard to do. So yeah. there's a little bit of, I've got to stick with a preseason prediction now that Baltimore have actually made it. I love the fact that they've had to essentially win out to get in. So they've been playing playoff football for a number of weeks now. And they have got a very explosive team that when it all clicks on any given day, they are a nightmare to play against. And I just feel that they just might have that momentum heading into this playoff tournament in the AFC to really do some damage. I'm probably going to be wrong. It's probably going to be Kansas City. I'll probably get egg on my face. 
but there, at least there is a reason behind my madness, which you'll be pleased to hear. Um, Darren, look, mate, uh, and everybody watching, if, if anybody wants to laugh, Sunday morning, tomorrow morning, Titans, Ravens, Saints, Bears, Steelers, Browns. I'm going to stay up all night and watch the Bucks game. We're going to be live at 9 a.m. if you want to look at my tired face. Darren, really, really quickly before we go, man, last thing. I only thought about it there now. We've seen you and, and Maka in Lisbon in August sitting in an empty stadium, literally on the seats commentating in an empty stadium, and you're still doing so now today, obviously, at Old Trafford. You've seen the players that's playing there. What is the atmosphere like in an empty stadium, and do you think it makes a massive difference even in the NFL and, and all that? I wasn't sure. When it first started, we first started doing the games behind closed doors. The tempo of the game was, was different. It was like a training match, and gradually over the, the period of weeks, the players got used to doing that. And I, I just thought, well, it's okay now that the status quo returns. They're used to it. Any issues gone. I then commentated with Steve a couple of weeks ago at Goodison Park and Everton played Chelsea. And there were 2,000 fans in there, 1,500 in the Gladys Street behind the goal away to our right. And all of a sudden, we commentated without the fake crowd noise. And whenever the players looked at that end, they were looking into the eyes of people who had paid for tickets to be there. And it made the Everton players more accountable. And they dug in and got a win against Chelsea that I don't think they would have got had those people not been there. It had a massive impact. And then we saw Fulham do something similar with supporters in against Liverpool. So I think it has a massive bearing. And I think it will affect teams in the playoffs. Chicago going into a Superdome with 3,000 fans is no issue. Chicago going into a full Superdome, forget it. It tips the balance completely that way. You think about Seattle and, and the, the 12th man. It's a different ballgame, completely different. It's, it's an entirely different scenario. I was chatting to Jack Crawford a couple of weeks ago for, for my Five Live program. And he was saying, it. he said, we don't mind playing on the road. He said, it's easy. He said, the dimensions of the field are the same. Once we walk out there now, there is nothing to trouble us. We can hear every, everything we need to hear. The communication is, 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 is no issue for anybody. So he said now being a road team or a home team doesn't make a blind bit of difference. So I think that, you know, sometimes we would look at teams that are going into the playoffs and say, well, you know, they're a good home team. They've got home field. That will be big for them. I think where you will get the advantage this year is teams with the weather. So if the Saints have got to go and play the Packers in Lambeau in the snow, it's going to be a big problem for them, etc. But in terms of the crowd noise, when there are supporters in, it makes a gigantic difference to the home team in the Premier League. So you would automatically presume that it's the same scenario in, in the NFL and in any sport, really, who are having to play games in that way. It's why I think the Premier League, if, if supporters are allowed to come back in, they either have to be allowed back in everywhere or nowhere. Because if you're a team battling against relegation with 3,000, 2,000, 4,000 fans in the ground, you've got a massive advantage over the poor swines who are playing in front of empty seats. So I think they've got to get that right. So... I have to say, man, I think that's just an amazing insight. I remember in August watching it and I couldn't even imagine what it's like, but you've been incredibly generous for your time, man. Uh, anybody that wants to check out Darren and Vernon's podcast, there's a link in the, in the description on YouTube. Obviously, Darren as well, you're on Five Live as well. I'm on BT Sport. You're a very busy man, but uh, thanks for your time. We, we, we really appreciate it. Hope you enjoy the end of the season. You're welcome on any time, man, and thanks very much. I'd love to come back on. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Thank Darren. you, guys.